So I wanted uh, to begin today and uh, to continue with the model of the three layers of this guy. Uh, uh, but welcome. I'm feeling a little better. Would you be able to write the three layers of this kind on the on the on the board? Uh, just a sort of a reference point. So uh, there's an article. It starts on page 62 of Sheila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. It is called uh, "Organized Religion," and he has some sort of uh, uh, he uses the example of Kamsa and Putana type of mentality of uh, certain personalities who are... Uh, here he says, Kamsa is strongly persuaded that faith in the transcendental can be effectively put down by empiricism if prompt and decisive measures, measures are adopted at the very outset. So he's using Kamsa like a sort of an archetype. Right? And the same he does with Putina in this, in, the, in this essay that he wrote. Uh, on page 64, there is a portion which is printed in, uh, in bold. So I'll just read that. The church that has the best chance of survival in this damned world is that of atheism under the convenient guise of theism. The churches have always proved the staunchest upholders of the grossest form of worldliness from which even the worst of non-ecclesiastical criminals are found to recall. Uh, it is not from any deliberate opposition to the ordained clergy that these observations are made. The original purpose of the established churches of the world may not always be objectionable. But no stable religious arrangement for instructing the masses has yet been successful. The Supreme Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in pursuance of the teachers of the scriptures, enjoins all absence of conventionalism for the teachers of the eternal religion. It does not follow that the mechanical adoption of the unconventional life by any person will make him a fit teacher of religion. Regulation is necessary for controlling the inherent worldliness of conditioned soul. But no mechanical regulation has any value even for such a purpose. The bona fide teacher of religion is neither any product of nor the favor of any mechanical system. In his hands, no system has likewise the chance of degenerating into a lifeless arrangement. The mere pursuit of fixed doctrines and fixed liturgies cannot hold a person to the true spirit of doctrine or liturgy. The idea of an organized church in an intelligible form, indeed, marks the close of the living spiritual movement. The great ecclesiastical establishments are the dikes and the dams to retain the current that cannot be held by any such contrivances. They, indeed, indicate a desire on the part of the masses to exploit a spiritual movement for their own purpose. That is so strong, eh? My favorite writer. It's like everything is, you know, there's so much in every word, you know, it's, like it's just, there's not a extra word. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta writes, it's all like to the point. Uh, now, in regards to ISKCON, right, uh, 
we see that, uh, and we hear this sometimes in the grapevine, that uh, the institutional element of the Sankatan movement right, does uh, create a whole forum for just following uh, uh, the external codes of behavior and conduct to adopt the paraphernalia and the, the right jargon and all that, but uh, without the true spirit. Huh? And just a sense of belonging. Uh, looking at the top level, uh, the organization, right? we're really like, there's a sense of uh, belonging to the institution, a sense of being part of a, of a club, a sense of, and as long as I'm that, you know, and as long, see, Oftentimes, our motivation changes when we join. We join with very high ideals of giving our life to Krishna. And then we become a member of ISKCON. And what happens is, like, we start to change our values of total surrender to, uh, yeah, to whatever the common denominator is, you know, to whatever goes, whatever other devotees do. And then there's, like, the philosophy and the practical, you know, way of life a devotee is supposed to have according to, to just whatever goes in our social atmosphere. And in many cases then, you know, the original idealism is gone. Right? There's the, the first come, okay, you're kind of ready now, you know, all right, ready, going to like totally change, I'm going to give up everything material, totally sincere, but after a while, just conformed to the general Iskand standard. Then we very much have uh, have done what Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is writing about. Then we've lost the true spirit of it all. And then we've just gone to the external form. So I feel that uh, from my observation, uh, to some extent, we are suffering from this problem. He has kind of identified a particular dynamics and a problem here, which, uh, looking at it, we are suffering from. In my opinion, um, not only mine, in the observation of many. And uh, if anyone feels that it doesn't make sense what I'm saying, then you can now object. Otherwise, yeah. If I would be, be approached with such a person, I would accept and not accept. You know? I would not fully agree with him because I would also keep in mind that he uh, he doesn't know and he doesn't have faith in the in the actual power of the process. Right? He lacks that, you know. He is, whereas we have the faith, right, that the holy name is so powerful uh, that it will transform us. So 
uh, and, and, and elect that perspective. You can't have that perspective. Yes. Yeah. No, very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, here we see then that our institution has this, uh, this problem. Uh, so we've identified one problem of, uh, of living in an institution and in society here, and which is manifesting there. It all becomes external, and we all get caught up in the in uh, in the pecking order, right? like you know, and in the uh, there are so many hierarchies in our movement, right? Different hierarchies: your seniority, your your service, your uh, your designations, you know, you have titles, and uh, so then we are getting up in involved in upadi, that is upadi, right? so which is totally against the spirit of our uh, of our process. Right? Um, this word upadi, if it's not known to everyone, we can write it on the board. Everyone knows the word upadi. Yeah. Yes, Yadu, thank you very much. Yes. Designation. Upari designation, identification with a particular role, with an external position. Right? Uh, so upari doesn't just mean the designation someone gives us, but also our, our identification with a particular external position that we have. So therefore, sarvopari viniyamuktam condition one has to give all uparis. That's the spirit. That's entirely like if you look at the uh, at the nectar of devotion, which is basically uh, the blueprint of the process of devotional service, uh, the core verse, the Parivasa Sutra, which catches the spirit of, uh, of the whole thing, is Anyabilasa Sunyam, uh, or to be free from any other desire, etc. And that very verse in the text is related to this is that we have to give up this upadis. So uh, uh, it's a big challenge to give up upadi. So uh, I'm first going to state some problems, I guess, and maybe then we we can come back to it uh, and look at uh, solutions. Right. So um, yeah, I guess. The paper. Right. We have another board here. Yeah, you can work from this board, right? The body, and then we just go points. Well, I kind of uh, my second point that I uh, that I had here was uh, well, the first one was belonging. We, we have a we have a desire for belonging to doing the right thing, having the right dress, using the right words, but it's not enough. Really, spiritual life is all about giving ourselves fully as individuals to please the Guru and Krishna. Then we have uh, the second point is uh, I have to find a word for it, Dr. Matt. I don't have one yet. Uh, but in the second one, I made some notes and said, Yet we need shelter. We need support, acceptance of like-minded people, camaraderie, 
brotherhood. And that's, of course, okay, the example I used in class about uh, the guy who became Christian, you know, which is like a shocking thing, right? Everyone gets really shocked when a devotee just, like, you know, after a few years, he turns Christian monk. It's almost worse than, well, he falls down to grow sense gratification, you know. I mean, that you can say, well, what can you do, you know, until energy is very strong, right? But if somebody becomes a, a Christian monk, you know, you go, oh my God, you know, where did, what happened? Yeah? What happened? Yeah? We're really bewildered. You know? What happened? I mean, why could you accept an inferior process? Yeah? Why could you accept an, how can you accept an inferior philosophy? I mean, how can you rhyme this to yourself? How is that possible? You know, how can you, once you've understood the bigger picture, how can you go for the smaller one? Yeah? And then, but this, Camaraderie is, is, is uh, that was his point. And it's like, uh, there's validity to it because we're lacking camaraderie. So I started my second point is like, well, uh, we need shelter. Right? Uh, yeah, well, what can we expect from ISKCON? Right? Prophet said for one thing in a letter, he said, don't expect utopia. Right? You cannot expect utopia in this guy. Uh, but still, uh, we feel that, uh, we feel we need more support. Right? And in, in fact, this very, this very college here is, is an attempt to create more of that support and create more uh, yeah, of that atmosphere of support. It's part of like working on this problem right, where we say ISKCON is not a supporting society. It's, it's education is one means to offer uh, towards the solution of that. But uh, there are many other types of support people feel they need. Uh, uh, Subheadings, like in an outline, go a little more off to the right. You could say, "Well, we want, uh, we want, a, we want a better spiritual atmosphere." Right? Who doesn't feel that? You know, I often have felt this in Iskand. Right? It's like that. Like I read the books and I read about devotees are supposed to engage in Krishna Kata. Right? I think, but where does this go on? Right? I mean, most of our Social interaction is just uh, how are you? What's going on here? You know what's going on there? Have you heard this? Have you heard that? But how much Krishna Kata is there, and how do you do it anyway? You know, Prabhu. You know, what do you think about Uddhava? You know, going to Vrindavan and uh, something like that. It feels so awkward, right, to go to someone like that. So artificial. So not like. So how do you even do it? Like have have constant Krishna Kata? You know. But that's really what would sustain us more. That would give us some, there would be more Krishna. So, how to do it? So, I'm just throwing these questions in. You know, more like uh, I wrote it in a few things just off the top of my head, all under this. in the area of better spiritual atmosphere. Uh, I think 
the uh, Vaishnav exchanges, right, are not like what I what they're not my dream. I want I dreamt of something else. What you all dreamt of. I, I didn't dream of, of the Iskon that I'm living with. You know, I'm living with the devotees and I like the devotees and I don't want to live with anybody else. But still, is this relationship fulfilling? You know, if it's a marriage, you know, like let's just compare it to a marriage. If I'm married with the devotees, right, well, then maybe I need some marriage counseling, you know. Maybe I need like, you know, because does my marriage work, you know? I mean, that's my question, right? Does my marriage work? Is my marriage really fulfilling? Is, is it, and is it all my partner? Is it me? You know, where is it all? That, you know, maybe I have a marriage problem, right? If I'm married to this guy. Right? Marriage problem, yeah. <laughs> or a sannyasi with a marriage problem. Um, then another point that I felt that that I've felt a lot um, is that uh, in many ways Iskand was uh, my experience was that it's stifling, stifling in the sense that uh, I've seen like five people who could be the temple president and only one was it, you know. And the other five, well, go, the other four, go sit on the bench kind of thing, you know. Well, your turn may come another time. But it's, it's. And I've even, one time I was a vice president in a temple. And, you know, and the president called me in his office one day and he says, like, uh, he says, I used to sit in that chair where you are sitting now. And now I'm sitting in this chair. And I know what you think. <laughs> I said, "Well, I'll tell you what I think." You know, I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. You know, I, said, I can't work in this atmosphere. You know, it's like it's too much for me. Right? Too, uh, too heavy. You know, too, too vertical. It's like, it's like, uh, sorry. You know, bye bye. Uh, you can keep, you can have both chairs. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, this is just a little anecdote, you know, of practical experience. But uh, in a bigger aspect, the theme really is empowerment. Stifling is with one Empowerment. Maybe like a stifling again. Now, um, empowerment um, is a very important principle. Okay? The concept of empowerment is to uh, to let people do. Right? Is to give them the uh, the uh, 
responsibility, but not just throw the responsibility, to at the same time give them the, the means to do it. Again, this, this whole course is meant to become an empowerment course. And if after, you know, if after this course it, it becomes sort of you, you know, you blow on a, on a little whistle and all that comes out is a little flag that says poof, right? Then you say something has failed, you know, something has failed, right? The idea is that uh, it's, it's empowerment, right? So, you know, you got the power, right? Now you got it. Got to use it, right? You got to use that power, you know. Like you, you got to go forward now, right? It's to new horizons. Empowerment, but like in one sense, uh, our movement could uh, doesn't have that so much, and, and I feel that it is an essential element of Lord Chaitanya's teaching. Essential. Um, I've done a Chaitanya Charitam Rita seminar, which I'm going to do in Toronto this summer. And uh, in there, um, I dealt also with this theme of empowerment. So, first of all, there is in the Adi Lila, there is Lord Chaitanya, Mali Chaitanya. Right? He's the gardener. And he's saying, this, I'm only one gardener. How can I uh, take care of distributing all these fruits? Right? So many, I can't do it all alone. Now here, of course, the Lord is cheating. It's very clear. Because uh, he's the Supreme Lord. If he wants, he can do it all and it's no problem. If he simply wants to change our consciousness, just he doesn't have to even work for it. Just by his will. So he can distribute all the fruits himself. So, but he, so actually there's another meaning to this. It's not what he says, but it's the spirit of of what he says that we have to look at here. Because what he says is not true. Yeah? But the spirit of what he says is that he doesn't want to do it himself. He wants us to do it. In other words, he wants to empower us. Yeah? He wants us to take up this the responsibility and Krishna Shakti being, etc. without the empowerment of Krishna that can do uh, so there's one point on empowerment where then we can, there are several times in the CC that empowerment's coming, but I'm not going to take all the examples. But um, I want to take the example of Sanatan Goswami. And Sanatan Goswami is being instructed by uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, with the Imams. He's trained and uh, in great detail, uh, the whole philosophy. And then Sanatan Goswami said, uh, prays to him and says, now let all these instructions be manifest within me. Eh? Let it all, let all this knowledge be manifest eh, to me. So it's like, uh, and he needs that mercy of Lord Chaitanya then, and, and he gets it. He gets that blessing. Yeah, Lord Chaitanya. So then he's fully empowered. Right? He got, the, got the training, he gets the mercy, he's like submitted himself in the right mood, the right attitude, yeah, it's like the right mentality. And, the, and then the mercy of the Lord is there. Now he is like empowered. Right? So it's not only the Lord who, who empowers, but the devotees are also empowering. And this whole movement is based on empowering. Remember how it's said that uh, in the material world, you first have to be qualified and then you get the seat. 
right? And in Krishna consciousness, you first get the seat and then you have to become qualified, right? We get like Brahmin initiation, not when we are perfect Brahmanas, right? But we get Brahmin initiation when we begin to develop the uh, inclination towards that. You know, when we see in a person, yes, now he's on that path, now he begins to cultivate the qualities of the mode of goodness, he has some basic knowledge of scripture, now he is kind of at the, at the base level of becoming a Brahmana, right? He's situated like, now he's going to develop his Brahminical, okay, now we give him the Brahminical initiation as a encouragement to become a Brahmana, to develop further as a Brahmana. Um, there is a story about the Second World War and the army uniform of the Indian army, which they used, and it, uh, under, underneath it said, when you wear it, you'll know what to do. Yeah. When you wear it, you'll know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'd save your life. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wants to shoot at you when you wear it. That's for sure. But... Uh, when you, wear it, when you wear it, you'll know what to do. And Krishna, in Krishna consciousness, it is a bit like that. You know, when you wear it, you'll, you'll know what to do. With it, you, you'll get the, the, the empowerment also from Krishna and from the... Uh, anyway, empowerment in our movement where we are uh, helping to people to come up. Okay? And we say, okay, you want to do what I'm doing. You take it. You take it. You do it. Uh, I've been doing it for quite some time now. I know what it is. No, you want to do it? You do it. And, uh, of course, we'll help you a little bit. We'll give you some pointers, some guidance. But then we'll give someone a chance to do it. But then what do I do? <laughs> then I'm out of a job, you know. I'm just, I'm just sitting on the bench. How can I do this? No, no, no. I become a teacher. I either take on a higher responsibility or when there is no no thing to do for me anymore, no problem, I become a teacher. And when that happens, in this principle of empowerment, that, we, that people who are coming up and are looking at a responsibility which is ahead of them or upwards from them, so that it is a challenge for them to grow, then they grow by taking this responsibility. Whereas the person who had it for some time and has had the experience of it moves on, uh, that person uh, will grow in a different way. And if he doesn't take on another thing, but he becomes a teacher, then we get like a generation of, uh, of experienced devotees who are, who are teachers, who are spiritual teachers, by example, and, and, and with realization. Then we get like a broad body of spiritual leadership in our movement, who are very much relating to us, you see. So the whole movement will become empowered that way. Yeah? So this dynamics of empowerment, I, I, I'm missing in this movement. I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of things that I'm missing at you, you know, instead of doing a brainstorm, but uh, we'll go storm a little bit after uh, this. Uh, but I wanted to storm myself a little bit before everyone starts storming, if you don't mind. Uh, Um, yeah, we always have, you know, uh, after all this, we always have the better uh, material care, right? like, you know, for different ashrams, right? You have these, the social development, uh, you know, who's going to take care of the old people? 
Yeah, who's going to do it? Yeah, that's going to happen to the old devotees. Who will protect the women who are all alone? Right? Who will protect the kids? Who will protect the brahmanas? Right? Who will allow a brahmana to study instead of you know send him out in the in the road to collect or to or, uh, let him get a job as a computer programmer? So that he has no more time for brahminical things, no more energy left. Who will actually create a facility to protect? Right? So, uh, what about the grihastas? You know, uh, you come to the temple president, you're a brahmachari, and you say like, "Well, I want to get married," and all that. Right? The temple president says, "Well, congratulations, how nice, you know, very good for you. Anyway, uh, you're on your own." Ah, what about all the money I collected? Sorry, I can't afford it. I can't help you. But I gave everything to this guy for so many years. Mm. I'm falling in the black hole, and suddenly, you know, going out of this guy, go get a job again in the world, and you know, like suddenly back in army clothes, and like, you know, and yeah, suddenly becoming kind of quite mundane again also due to all that and, and losing so much spirituality, having a little bitterness towards Iskan, you know, they didn't do anything for me really. I did everything for Iskan. What did Iskan do for me? You know, I've given twenty years of my life and now the best years of my life. And now what's Iskan doing for me? I haven't got a cent to my name. I've got four kids, you know, and like I'm living in one rotten little room, you know, like with a kitchen and I can't handle it anymore. I'm going crazy, you know. Uh, these are kind of complaints, right? But add to it yourself if you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Uh, better material care. Now, um, uh, people sometimes I hear, uh, then the question raised, how much should ISKCON provide for and how much should be done privately, right? Like in Srila Prabhupada's time, ISKCON was adopting everything. Yeah. It was adopting the kids, it was adopting you know, the schooling of the kids, it was adopting the care of anyone and everyone. Right? Uh, everything was sort of in the movement. And nowadays, you know, we begin to think like, well, Gurukuls, great, you know, let the Grihastas do it. Some people say like that. We have the solution for the Gurukul problem. Not Iskan does the Gurukul. Let the Grihastas organize private schooling for the kids. Let, uh, you know, uh, in this way, uh, push many problems away from the institution, make the institution nice and small, and have around the institution a big periphery of like devotees who take care of their own social life. We've solved the problems of Iskar. <laughs> uh, sometimes I heard this uh, proposal uh, in, in GBC circles. Uh, so that kind of uh, brings me a bit to GBC and organization and uh, uh, vision. So yeah, then uh, over the years already, We've had to many times redefine what is ISKCON. Because what was happening, Vitavajira Maharaj was mentioning it, you know, that you either lived in the temple or you were you were off, you were out, you were blooped, you were, you were fallen, you were not, you were 
not part of it anymore, right? So, you know, um, but then, over the years, so many people began to move out and live an independent life. At one point, more lived outside than inside. So then, you know, uh, we had to redefine the definition of what ISKCON was and the term the greater ISKCON that came in. Right? We had the greater ISKCON. And, uh, suddenly, we went back to all those people that formerly were demons and fallen and out of it. And we, and we said, oh, well, sorry, boo. <laughs> I guess... Yeah, valuable devotees, you know, but it was a bit late, right? Because hearts were broken and hearts don't heal so easily, and uh, therefore it didn't entirely work, you know. And uh, therefore there uh, there is a gap between the temples and uh, and the devotees, the initiated devotees living outside the temples, and there's uh, there's a friction there, and there's a distrust there, and, and there's a lack of understanding there, and there is uh, differences in opinion of how Krishna Kanji should be conducted, and it's really like become two camps, and very hard to unite. Anyway, some, some dynamics like that. Um, uh, about the organizational structure, I wanted to make one more comment, and then I wanted to stop talking what you talked. Uh, about the organizational structure, uh, I feel that means the, G the GBC and the whole system of authority in this kind. Uh, personally, I feel less legislation and more inspiration. Less legislation. more inspiration. See, uh, it's just my feeling, you know, I'm not, this is not that I'm uh, going to say anything critical about uh, the GBC or anything like that, you know, it's just from the heart, right, what I feel about it, about the system. Um, it's like if the GBC meetings right, would be something like the sages are going to the forest of Naimisaranya or something like that. You know, the sages are going to the forest and having a meeting there and they are going to, like the wisest men of Iskan, right, are going to the forest and they're really going to sit there and discuss of like, you know, what the vision is, what the inspiration should be, where we're going to go, you know. I would be holding my breath, you know, about a GBC meeting. Right? I would be holding my breath and we'd always be waiting there, you know, when are they going to come out of the forest, you know, <laughs> what's it going to be like, you know, what, what, what will happen. And with great eagerness, right, they were just uh, there to, to hear, right, what, what would come out. You know? uh, now the GBC resolutions don't, don't have the same effect on me. You know? It's like, they're all right, you know, not, it doesn't mean anything. Bad about it, but many are of, for administrative re reasons. Certain, certain things have to be in there. You know, someone has resigned from a post. It has to be stated because if it's not stated, they could demand in a court that they still have the post. So there has to be a formal resolution on the post that the person has been removed, etc. And resolution number A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and the whole alphabet, and then the sub little notes uh, in the little letters, etc. Uh, is a great 
means to put me asleep when I have problems with insomnia, that, and so forth, and so forth. And so, forth. Uh, so bureaucratic. And sometimes you wonder, you know, does it really work, right? Because can we really, can we really control the institution? I go to an organization there. Is it really an organization, you know? Are we organized? <laughs> That's one question. Are we organized? Are we an organization? Um, you know, do we have some sort of central management? Or do we have a, co a government with, without the whole, uh, you know, the whole bureaucratic system below it to filter down the, the orders, you know, and, and put them into effect like a government has, you know. So what is it, you know, a government that has no channels to implement their ideas? Is that what's happening? Or what is happening? Are we an organization? Are we, uh, sometimes you say, conglomeration, you know, like a whole bunch of different entities somehow or other all together in some sort of loose connection. Right? Is, is that more what ISKCON is? Right? And, or, yeah, you know, a gathering, a, a gathering of the conglomeration, something like a gathering of the tribes, right? Is that what we are? Um, yeah? So, what are we, you know? Right? Um, I think I have an identity crisis. Uh, so, uh, you can write down uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before this next legislation, you can write a four. Four. And then you can write another card. Yeah. We're back to the first step. Upadis. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, like, uh, I just uh, give you this little package here just to kind of spark off some discussion and, you know, like, make it a little more uh, exciting than just go for a blank sheet and everybody say uh, what he thinks about uh, this kind. But we can take a, a blank sheet now, flip it up. Although, you know, in your mind, you keep in mind that our little diagram, or we can post it on the wall, this the diagram. Because uh, that's like... Uh, Definitely, a frame of reference. When we're talking at ISKCON, we're going to to see that certain things relate to these layers. Uh, we're obviously relating to um, the top layer, uh, but we've also discussed here uh, spiritual atmosphere, which relates to the second layer, and we would want that to come through. So, um, I would like to now invite your feedback of uh, what we can do with this institution to, to make it more, uh, or what we want it to be. You know.
ideals and solutions. A couple, just a little brainstorm. You know, I mean, they do this to me all the time in meetings. You know, they sit you in a meeting, and Braj Bihari is is in every meeting. I don't know how, and he's always there on the corner with the clipboard, and then we have to, you know, all say things if we the clipboard. And then your brain has to storm. Life skill courses. You do life skill courses. Can you tell me what a life skill is? I'm just an uneducated. My God, hold on. Gee, this. Could you translate that into something more human? <laughs> Better relationships. And art. Okay. Yeah, whatever whatever she said. <laughs> you put put that on the board. <laughs> you don't mind and I'm joking. It's really I'm I'm coming from somewhere else, you know. Life skills. Life skills. Okay, life skills. And what was it say? Inter something? Intercontinental. <laughs> Yeah. Now you don't immediately crack his head for being a dummy, you know. But you kind of like say, it "Doesn't matter. You're a dummy. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> I love you anyway, and we can work on it. We can work it out. Something like that." Right? The Beatles. Yes, I got it. And Patekus. Yes. Okay. Don't mind that. I'm a cynical. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm totally cynical about these things, and it's not because I don't believe in it. It's just. I'm a self-schooled rebel. I took birth in Holland to be a rebel, <laughs> and I, I can only like I cannot do these things in a, in a preconceived idea of, of some intellectual. And I have to get it from my own growing process. Otherwise, I'm be bad. So I did that in school of hard knocks. Uh, so don't mind my cynicism. It's just. Very nice. Life skills and something interpersonal related. You got that, eh? Asking courses. Courses, you said also. Right? Yeah, we should have courses. You help him if you say if you paraphrase at the end. You make your statement and you then you end it with two words or three, you know, something he can write. Otherwise, he has to paraphrase, and he's not used to that kind of work. You know, so it's hard for him to kind of capture the essence of what you say in two words. He's not Raj Bihari, who is who is super educated. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not criticizing you. You know, saying it's like you're not trained in this. 
Well, that's that's why you have to do it. It's good for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both of your topics relate to empowerment. You know, he's also, in a sense, like uh, more spiritual leadership. It's like um, creates more empowerment. Spiritual leaders also to empower themselves. You know, by by like see by, by taking making themselves free to enter into the empowering process instead of like uh, being a GBC and being distracted with millions of things and in between, you know, trying to chant the deepest routes, right? Give the most realized classes, right? And like profoundest understanding of the Bhagavatam while you just wrecked your brain on the latest court case uh, and how to get the money for it. In your case, it's like, uh, you know, the more stifling metaphor, throwing people in the deep water without uh, any training. Can you cook? No, not really. It's easy. I'll show you. Uh, oh, well. You, you throw the rice in so much, you throw the dal, this much water, okay? You stir the end, little salt, there's your chance, chuck it in, okay, here's the breakfast, okay? You roast the poppers like this. Well, that was pretty good, popcorn, but eh, not bad. Second day, you know, better. Third day, you're in charge of the kitchen. This is going to miss that kind Um, it may appear like that, right? But the example I gave of it, of like brahminical initiation, was not exactly that, you know, you walk in the door and we hang a shoestring around your neck. And from that day on, you are Brahmin, you know, Bra and, you know Brahmin on a shoestring. Yeah? Uh, no. We are, uh, before we give initiation, Second initiation, we are testing people, preparing them, etc. But, you know, it's not that we wait till they are complete Brahmins, but when we see that the tendency is there, you know, so the initial thing is there. So the basic empowerment is there, uh, the direction is set, the elements are there, the seed has been sown, the little creeper has already germinated. Now you have to just fence it and water it and let it grow. So that's important. Otherwise, it's just throwing a problem at someone say, sink or swim. And then someone may sink or swim. And uh, The old uh, Iskon style has often been sink or swim. Okay, it's definitely that. I mean, you know, after... Uh, well, I got nine days in the temple because I was sick. I, I just had... Had severe jaundice for five months. So I said, okay, you know, all right, you can rest for a few days. But then it was out in Sankata. Right? That's it. Sink or swim. I sank a few times. Anybody else? Yeah, let's get the pace more fast. Systematic education in general. Okay. Systematic education for leaders. Leave out in general. Culture of care. Okay. You got culture of care for devotees. 
Okay, well, I said that, and I, I gave some ideas, but how do you, can you fill it in then also? Because otherwise it sounds like well, I already said it, now, now what do you mean? How to develop it? The challenge. No, no, but that's uh, that classifies for already born. Um, I'm thinking about uh, in relation to this about the, the legislation inspiration kind of principle because uh, I feel you know like you cannot just even if you unite as a as, as a leader as a group of leaders you can legislate certain things but you have very limited power. You can legislate, uh, there should be more care here, there should be more care there. So a lot of it seems to be also uh, depending on inspiration and that the leaders really must go, they can, they must inspire. Right? So they must do something which kind of creates a momentum because I don't think there's any leader in ISKCON that can actually uh, rise to the occasion of providing for the need of the members. There's too much need. There's too many people. I mean, with so many varied needs, and if we're trying to actually uh, take it all on our heads, right, I mean, we would be totally lost. But the needs are generally there. So what, we're do, what the management of ISCON has been doing for many years is just kind of like, you know, we're not seeing anything, you know. Nah, nah, there's only these needs here. The other ones, well, we're not looking because it's too much. But uh, if it's an inspirational approach, then we got to maybe come with solutions, inspire people to embrace these solutions, inspire people to take them up, inspire people to uh, to work. Like old people, you know, like uh, in, in, in India, you see that there were wealthy people who were making facilities, ashrams for them, and sponsoring ashram for them. That's how Vindavan works, you know, as an example. So, uh, we will also need to inspire the whole movement, you know, the body of devotees to kind of become part of all of this. Kind of. So, leadership should inspire, I think. Then you have more chance to achieve something. Models of it, or temples or programs, maybe. If you say models, I would say temp. I would want to extend it to temples and programs. Just temples is, is not everything we're doing. We're having so many programs nowadays. Cooperation versus criticism. Can you write it on the board? 
good for him, but not for us. We don't know what to do with it. But what if somebody's doing it wrong? Lots of them, lots of them are doing it wrong. But they don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. Sorry, I'm picking on you. <laughs> Not purpose. Love and trust and, and needs requires honesty. Um, she wants love and trust there. Right group support. Uh, yeah, support groups. Support groups, like 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 minded groups. It's 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 definitely uh, something that enters into ISKCON. You know, it's like uh, some there there are many such uh, groups. Going on, it's not that it's like fully developed, but uh, in America, in LA, you know, all kinds of groups going on, and actually, it's going on, it's dynamics, other people are looking for groups. The point is well taken. Yeah, 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 no, I think in America they lack it also, but there is some awareness and, and some attempt. Uh, yeah, group dynamics, right? It's like definitely very good. Yeah. Colleagues. Yeah. You have to always speak a little louder, right? Right. 
They have a lot of care, caring programs, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, Chopati uh, care, Chopati, uh, what is it? Committee system. Uh, yeah, the Chopati model. Well, but, um, I like one principle because in, in that, years ago we, we, we spoke about that, that uh, uh, the biggest problem in ISKCON is the flow through the ashrams. Okay? There is no natural flow through the ashrams. I mean, it's like it's each time a very abrupt thing. When I, okay, I wanted to take sannyas, that's for whatever, you know, one of the few. But uh, it was very awkward because uh, I was supposed to go in a renounced direction and it was just getting the opposite because I had kind of been uh, a devotee who lived simple and renounced and, and who never uh, made any money for himself but gave everything to the temple, right? It was a, uh, had so much service as, as, as a temple president or a manager with big things. And then... Uh, uh, so I never had the time to make any money. So then when I wanted to renounce, I suddenly had to become materialistic, you know, start business and all kinds of things, you know, to sort of like uh, make some money to create a facility for my wife so that I could renounce. Right? It was like really like, I had to get in the opposite mode, you know, to go to, whereas it was really weird, actually. It was weird. Anyway, Krishna helped, so it relatively went very fast. And she actually herself took care of half. There was no natural flow. And what to speak of the, the brahmacharya wants to get married, you know, eventually drop in the black hole and happy. Yeah, I mean, at one point, okay, in discussions I, I mentioned, is that, uh, you know, slowly, slowly, ISKCON is beginning to take the, the full uh, social range, you know. Like in the beginning, ISKCON was only kids, you know, 20 years old, everyone was like, uh, like that, and if you were 28, you were a dinosaur, you know, you're really old, right? And it's like Kirtan Nunn that was really old, you know. And like that, right? and that was it, you know. Twenty was already average, and you know, seventeen, eighteen, you know, fifteen, right? The other, you were fifteen, yeah. The other was fifteen and joint. And uh, like that, uh, movement is very young, but now we're getting old people. And sometimes he said, like, what we're missing in this movement is grandmothers, you know. Right? We need more grandmothers in this movement. You know? well, okay. Not that mother, <laughs> but, but it's coming, you know. She's, she's going to, in the coming years, she's going to apply for this, <laughs> this vacancy. She's not there yet at all. Right? Uh, <laughs> you know, forgive me for that. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's not there yet. You know, it's, uh, you could become one. One of the Iskand grandmothers, you know, uh, who, who are there, basically. Uh, 
with the devotees and who, who you can talk to in confidence and who have relevant answers, who understand, who know, who can mediate, you know, and like you, you tell them and they tell someone else and like that. Yeah, all that. That's what grandmothers do. Even, even you know, even Krishna's grandfather and Radharani's grandmother are doing these things, right? So we need grandmothers. Uh, we need obviously sannyasis, you know, like. It's ridiculous, 100 sannyasis. You know, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, realize uh, how much work that is. How many temples are there? And then, you know, you go to a temple and how many namas, namahatas does each of these temples have? If you look at it like, you know, it's, like, it's horrendous, right? It's like uh, everyone gets overworked, you know. It's like, uh, and then you have to have barriers and like, uh, you know, and like uh, walls and, uh, and pits and... Uh, Secretaries and uh, signs with skeleton bones on the door, you know, like don't dare to teeth, you know, like uh, don't knock, right? Back off, leave me alone. You have to go to islands, you have to go on retreats because such a demand. You know. I've got 500 unanswered letters right now. Oh boy, I get, I get like, I get, I get now I get messages from the people with the unanswered letters. Little notes. They ring up somebody, and somebody gives me a note, and it says, "Please send me an email." Right? <laughs> you know, like, it's like I've already seen emails of that person sitting in my mailbox. So please, you know, how can you do it? We need thousands, a thousand sannyasis. This is my, my uh, one of my agendas in Iskand. I want a thousand sannyasis in the next ten years. <laughs> get ready, okay? You know, right? you know, get a little older, right? And, and and just use the next ten years, you know, uh, to uh, to qualify. That's the spirit. Yes. We lost our writer. Are there wherever you want to go? Focus more on holy name to the problem. Yeah, so, so now you're dipping into level number two. In other words, uh, I would expand on that concept uh, that we should put uh, number two more in the center of our movement. Right? Yeah. You know, it should be more and more like the heart of our movement and we should be more around it. And I think Prabhupada initially intended it like that. Right? And that's why you had the sandwich, morning program, evening program, and they even had a noon arctic. You know, they used to go to the moon, noon arctic. Right? Uh, so, so I think that somehow or other it appears that the perfect process has gone out of the center of our, of our movement, of our focus, to expand it. Yeah, they have most influence in the gurus. So I mean, he wants to see some changes on that level. Uh, I have some idea. Um, I think that uh, you know, with all the difficulties there have been in the history of the gurus, etc., uh, we want to see now uh, a real sadhu model. 
because a sadhu is, is a saintly person who generates faith. Right? It is not actually necessary right, that one is per se in the sadhu model. One can also be a guru and be in another model. One can be a guru and be a manager, you know, uh, as long as one's pure. Purity is, is, is the criterion, really, for guru, right? So guru can be anything. But because we are, I mean, in terms of his service, as long as he's pure, you know, he can milk the cows, right? It doesn't matter, you know, what he does, as long as he's pure. Um, but we need specifically a sadhu model of gurus who are really living the philosophy, living the, the simplicity, living the renunciation, and are happy within that renunciation, you know, who are like uh, relishing the basic spiritual activities. And we need to free our gurus from that, in a sense. I mean, we, this movement has to start allowing its gurus to be that. You know, it's not, the gurus want to be that, but, you know. I mean. So the empowerment would very much help there, you know, the empowerment principle. If we empower people to come up and take positions, right? I mean, <coughs> it's an interesting time in ISKCON because there's a shift to the second generation. The second generation is coming up in in in, uh, in in major posts and major positions now. Yeah? It's like a breakthrough in all kinds of areas. Right? There are now like plenty of second generation GPCs are coming up. Uh, more uh, second generation sannyasis are coming up. Uh, now second generation gurus are like uh, you know basically in principle there is there is one who is fully approved. Right? Vishnu Goswami and uh, is, a, is a law where others can uh, be approved. There's a system now that's possible, which was uh, you know. So there is some empowerment is happening, and there's also uh, but there is a need for uh, a changing of the guards almost in, in a sense, changing of, to free those who are the spiritual leaders, to be spiritual leaders. It would help the society. What I'm saying is very much in a non-critical spirit, right? But I'm saying not that I'm trying to say they're doing it wrong and why don't they understand, you know, like, like we should send them a message, you know. Huh? No, I'm just saying it's like here's this big society and everybody is caught, you know. Like you're all caught with something, right? I'm going to catch Yadunanda. I've got a committee I want you to be a member of in Spain. There's a little committee we want to make in Spain, and I think you should be a member. This is a small committee. It is only nothing. I'll talk to you after, before I leave. Okay. Yeah. We had in ISKCON we've had a number of, uh, a number of social development conferences, and the first one started off very interesting because they got like a member of each ashram to speak. So there was first the brahmachari, and he was saying like, I get no support, you know. Everyone's saying, you know, 
you're gonna fail, you know, you're the statistics are against you, you're doomed, you know, give up, give up, you know, I mean, what are you, you know, like an extremist, artificial, artificial, be, be natural, you know, like that, right? So this is the brahmachari speaking, you know, then this, this grihasta comes with a broken heart, you know, right? you know, I mean, I can't tolerate anymore, you know, like, I mean, to be treated by the same bosses, you know, I just can't care anymore, you know, I'm going forward, you know, okay, uh, a sannyasi, you know, I'm a freak of nature, I'm like, whatever, and uh, then, you know, I am weird, you know, uh, and then finally, uh, Avanaprastha, who said, like, you know, um, I don't exist. Hmm? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was very good. That was really good. That was like first class. <laughs> so it's, the morning was fantastic. In the afternoon, we all had to write, uh, write on a piece of paper in two words. Uh, what the ideal ISKCON would be, and it was all pinned on the wall, uh, you know, 50 people, 50 pieces of paper. Flip charts and all that, you know. <laughs> I flipped out. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I remember that Madhuvisa, right? You, you know Madhuvisa, you know, the original Madhuvisa, wants a sannyasi. DC, Central Australia, probably. Visa said, the ideal is God will be that there will be no more meetings like this. It <laughs> 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 was. That was good. That was deep also, you know, that was deep, actually. What do you think about it? I can't remember. Um, I got lost in the woods now. I don't know where people were. Who is going to say something? I'll shut up. Fana Yeah. Lost in the woods, I said. Oh, um, um, interesting. Um, in India, I can see that it could, uh, it, that it works sometimes, because uh, you get these older, experienced, pious Indian gentlemen who have, like, you know, worked in an office for many years and who still have so many years of good energy in them and move into the ashram, and they do manage. Like that's how we we manage in India. We all our office people are these kind of people. Um, but you know, um, it's always a pain to manage. For everybody, it's a pain to manage. I don't think it's a pain. material energy is trouble. Change the shape of the material energy, and it's painful. It's just painful. Robert wants sannyasis to become a president. It's painful. It's painful. 
me to me as this thing. Obviously, as this thing, to give up energy to my patient. So I can appreciate the, the, the thoughts behind it, but the, the practice, I don't know if it's done. See, what, to me, what Vanaprastha, the substance of Vanaprastha is this. Is that like, you're going towards renunciation. Okay? You're, you begin to cut attachments okay, that you've had for many, many years. You've had a certain habit, and you, kinda, and you begin to cut, you know. It hurts. It hurts. You have to digest that. Okay? You have to kind of preach to yourself and see like, yes, it hurts, but I have to go through this and I have to let go and I should not be so attached. But you are attached. You, know? you are totally attached, at least emotionally. Okay? So you have to deal with all these emotions that come out. You know? And you can't, and, and therefore it's very much uh, an introspective period also, a period of like digesting, reorientation. Okay, now I leave this behind, now I go. I mean, you know, if, if you... There are different ways to, to do it, vanaprastha. One can go together with the wife into it. But if it's a type of vanaprastha where you give up the association of the wife and you've been with her for uh, many, many years, right? well, you know, it's like it's hard. It's, it's, I was married for, for, I was with her for 20 years and I was four, four years in vanaprastha. And we, the way we worked it out, since it was a vanaprastha that was leading up to sannyas, we did like two years limited association. I would go there once a day for lunch. That was it. And for the rest, we would keep a distance from each other. Right? That was the trick. Yeah, once a day for lunch. And for the rest, she wouldn't come to me. I would come to her. And then we, uh, and then we did two years, no communication except letters for emergencies. Right? If there's anything new. So gradually building it, uh, building it down. But you know, like uh, half my life, right? Twenty-four years. She, she was part of my life. Right? All the memories that I have, we share. Right? I mean, if I think of where I was when I was twenty, then she's in the picture. Where I was when I was twenty, twenty, uh, twenty-three. Then we're traveling around. When I'm twenty-five, we were in India together. When I, you know, it goes on and on and on. Right? So, Vanaprastha um, means you have to deal with it. This detachment is no joke. You don't just walk away. So it doesn't seem. And you're getting older, you know? It's like 50. Pancha Chodam Banam Vajet. You're 50. And now you're supposedly 50. You think, like, well, I'm now practically 50, yeah? My birthday is near. Then I'm 50. And. Uh, well, you know, I can go like, I am what I am. I'm not going to really change my nature. I'm not going to try and be something different for people what I am. You know, it's like too late now. Uh, I don't want to do all these things anymore. I don't want to struggle so much with all these things anymore. I don't, I don't have all these ambitions to prove myself anymore. Wish you well with it all. You know, I just, I can, I'm full, you know, full of a lifetime of experiences. I can give you like 
you know, lots of stories of things I've been through, etc. I'm full. I, I, I don't really want to go on a boat on the Amazon anymore, you know. I've already done crazy things, right? <laughs> I have no desire to do crazy things anymore, yeah. I'll do it if, if, if we're preaching, if we have to. But I don't need an adventure. I had so many adventures, right? I'm adventured out, you know. And uh, I'm full of, I want to digest now. Or I want to, yeah. It's kind of a very natural thing. The dream and chase is not just an imposed thing. Out in 15, now we have to natural to digest. As she says, you have to manage it Poor, poor guy. <laughs> but there are these people, they come out of the out of the world as professionals and they still have a momentum. You know, and, and so they work for a couple of more years, you know, maybe five more years, ten more years in Titan with momentum. And that's kind of Vana Prasta can go in phases and in stages. So in the earlier phase of, of Vana Prasta, it might work <coughs> for some people. If you've been very much involved in working with material energy, it's kind of like the momentum is there and the wheel is to branch it. So if you artificially do it, you would just go nuts and suddenly go from full professional life to full devotional life. Did anyone bring any questions? I don't know, two. I mean, you have to write it down. I mean, I can't remember more than two words. Um, what did I do with those two questions? Good. Ahead of this morning, maybe I'll have one table. We don't, we can't deal with them all today. Anybody have a question? If you don't have a question ready, then you failed. You know, you get a bad mark for course, okay. Evaluation. Lack of cooperation. Spirit. No lack of thoughtfulness. No no creativity. <coughs> D's. How do gay people, homosexual devotees, maintain faith in Iskan and the philosophy? Um, <clears throat> I think that um, we should all be a little introspective. And introspective in a Krishna conscious context. So we should all understand that <clears throat> we are now in an artificial state of consciousness. And that being gay is therefore not that we really are, but that it is our artificial state of consciousness that is gay. Okay? So any gay person should realize that, and therefore a gay person can then kind of uh, investigate a little bit from 
how did it happen? Where is it? Can, are there some reasons in life to find? Because oftentimes uh, these things have to do with uh, either personal emotional problems in, in like uh, a very a very weak father or something like that, you know, like, uh, uh, no relationship with the father, therefore fear. If it's a man, you know, then fear of man or the other way. Or, Women or fear of men, whatever it may be, fear of women. Um, the modern world creates a lot of fear of women, right? Because a uh, woman in the traditional society is a very submissive uh, personality who is dependent. Right? In modern society, women are competing. Women are built up as competitors, and uh, so it doesn't uh, reconfirm uh, the male ego yeah, in society in general. Where it, it doesn't make the man strong in, in coming forward as a, as a leader. Therefore, the modern society, naturally, uh, you'll see that in such a society, homosexualism, or whatever you call the term, homosexuality, becomes uh, rampant for psychological reasons. That's the model of a heavy competitive thing. Uh, so there can be some, there can be sociological reasons, psychological reasons, but the bottom line is gay is an artificial state of consciousness. So uh, it's not important. It's not an important thing in the body's life. Whether one is or not, it's not something to uh, hold on to and say, I am this. It's very important to me that I am this. No, one should actually say, it's very secondary. It's, it's a designation, it's a tendency in myself, it's a, uh, which needs to be purified. There's, it needs purification. All sexual life needs to be purified. Uh, you know, whenever we have sex desire, then we know it has to be purified. Something immediately needs to be purified. So it's not just the homosexual. All of us have to say this has to be purified. And real spiritual life means like no sex life. Right? Uh, being totally absorbed in service to Krishna. Uh, so therefore, well, Krishna gives only one type of sex that is really purified. Right? So anybody who wants it, you know, uh, for some reason or other, can only go for that type of sex life. Any other sex life is contaminated. So there is no scope for uh, for a gay person or a homosexual person to express that sexuality. Therefore, uh, or to go the other way, you know, or to kind of make the adjustment and destroy a normal relationship, which may work for someone if there is uh, you know, abstinence, because uh, if one has no sex at all, right, then, uh, and then it may be, uh, then when the outlet is created, you know, like through a, through a Krishna conscious uh, process of having sex maximum once a month or less, uh, 
then even that homosexual person may be able to channel sexuality through there. Sometimes that has happened many times. Where it did work. Because then all the sexuality goes just in that one time. You know? So it's like not very much. So it's like a, a, uh, whatever the volcano is in there, it just bursts loose for once. Um, but, so there's only these two options. Either forget about it, that means get into the cultivation of your spiritual consciousness, of your eternal identity, and the serving of Krishna, and, and all that. Go for your real identity and try to uncover it more and more in your spiritual activities. Or, uh, if, if you still need an outlet for sexual activity, then do it the legal way and try and reorient there. Uh, and maybe then in the Grihasta Ashram, it doesn't become so much the gross aspect of uh, of the relationship between men and women, but then you can get a lot of the uh, of the association that exists in marriage with all the, the mental support and the mental exchanges and I mean because Freud made that statement once and said that um, it's very difficult not to draw a parallel between the expression of on the, uh, on the face of the baby who is just fully satisfied with the breast milk of his mother and the person who has just had uh, had his loving exchanges in, in a sexual relationship. So uh, there is something there, you know. As a child, we are seeking our security in, in the arms of our mother or father. You know. And uh, in the same way, we are in sexual activity also seeking, again, shelter in the arms yeah, of someone and who gives us just love and reconfirmation. Yes, you are good, you know, the whole world just battles and beats you on your head and you are like uh, a totally uh, so much opposition so much negativity and then there's someone who loves you yes you are good and your whole ego gets healed you get built up again and, you know like, yes you know I am okay okay you're ready to go again all right world here I come so a lot of the of the relationship, especially when it's a little more refined, from away from the gross bestial level, has to do with this re psychological reconfirmation. So that one can still very much have. Right? So therefore, uh, you should understand also that being homosexual or lesbian or whatever, you're still looking very much for that kind of reconfirmation, that psychological reconfirmation. You may have, you may not be looking at some of the opposing sex, but this psychological reconfirmation is still a, is, is very, very much a theme in your in your needs and your focus. Where it's like when you go in a renounced order, okay, then your psychological uh, this is why I'm thought about all these things, because it's, you cut that off. There are no more arms to enter into, and you have to kind of find it with Krishna. Right? And it's, it's Krishna who's like, uh, you know, it's my mother and my father, I, these are the arms, you know, where I go. Like when I, 
uh, when I feel hurt, you know, like when I feel uh, how heavy this world is, I only have Krishna. It's all I have. So I think a gay person to recognize I have a problem. I have a false ego that stinks. I have a false ego that Krishna is not sanctioned. Krishna doesn't do what I'm doing. I'm not going to say, oh, well, it's okay. You know, you follow everything, and well, if you can't do that, and what can you do? I won't say that in the first instance. I'll first give this other thing, and then after that, I have to say the other thing. More susceptible. Mm. Well, you know, it's it's like we are. Look, look, no, no, no. It's fine. No, I mean, you see, we are the most liberal in the world. And I'm from Amsterdam, so you know I'm liberal by by nature. You know, so a homosexual, you know, really like you know, I mean, I, I, I've I've seen him ever since I could crawl, you know, and maybe even before. Uh, so I'm not particularly shocked, you know, at anything like that. Right? Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to call them demons at all. And I, I'm a mother... No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not going to call them demons at all. I'm a modern Swami, you know. So my motto is like, sure, you know, you want to be like totally... Uh, you want to uh, have your homosexual relationships and, and to someone else. You want to, uh, you know, smoke a joint and be devotee. Yeah, I understand, you know, you need to express yourself. You sometimes take LSD, but for the rest, you know, you not I understand, you know, I understand everything, you know, I understand, but, you know, I must remind you that Krishna is not like that, that Krishna is not lenient like I am, Krishna is very strict, Krishna has his standards, and he makes them known, and, you know, all my uh, leniency is not going to save you from the kind of reaction, from the material entanglement, you're getting out of your thing, whatever your thing is. So you know, that you have to keep in mind. I won't condemn you, but like, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to pay. I'm sorry for that. Love you, you hold your fault. Okay, not to me. We're not condemning, but this is the way the cookie comes. This is the way God is. He makes the laws, he makes the rules of the game. You're going to play it by his rules, whether you like it or not. You can't change it. 
Elena, who wrote the treaty, I think it is. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's really like squeezing a meaning out of uh, out of something, overemphasizing uh, the position of the eunuch out of proportion, and reading things into it too much. Has everyone read that Trichy Prakriti? Anyone who didn't read it? Raise your hand. Okay, you have seen it. It is basically that there is a third gender. There is a third gender in the Vedic culture, and it's the eunuch, right? Neither male nor female, in between kind of gender. And uh, that therefore in Vedic society there was a lot of room for homosexuality and all this kind of stuff. Well, okay. It was an accepted thing that the town quarters that it and you know it was an integrated according to his, his paper, it was a totally integrated thing in society. Uh, yeah. Okay, so they had a pl they have a place in society in, in India today, right? They're still existing as a class, right? They, they come on the trains and uh, they wear these saris, these boys, and, you know, and they, they come around the train and they go, and you know, and they have to give them money. Right? And if you don't give them money, they'll curse you, right? Because there's this thing that they bring luck, and they're, you know, if they they come to your wedding, right? And you have to give them. Uh, Fat donations, or else you know you'll have. No, 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 no. It's not today. You know, you you it, you understand a lot more about Vedic culture if you look at India. If you go deep into India, there is a lot left in India, a lot. And I mean, Prabhu uh, really should go to India, you know, and you should go like see an India that's there and find out from the Indian people, from the aristocratic Indian people, how these things work before writing such a big thing. In India, it's something, you know, people are not uh, thinking so much it's all right. They think, in general, it's, it's like, it's condoned. It's condoned. But in this part, okay, Indian society is like that. It tolerates, it's very tolerant society. Very tolerant, right? So, the whole idea, anything that exists can live, you know, is, is, is a philosophy. So, they let it live. But they are not treating them like very respectable members of society at all. It's kind of like in the outcast range. Yeah? But they are, let the outcasts live, and they provide for them, they're kind to them, they help them, because it's a warm society, it's a, it's a providing society, not an impersonal society like our Western society. You know, you, like in India, you, you don't have a reservation on the train, and you, know, you come in and you, you sit on the berth. And, People work something out to accommodate you in the West. I call the police, they have to throw them off the train, you know. I mean, you don't have a reservation. This is my birth, you know. What are you doing here, you know? Out. <laughs> out, you know, call the cops. So India is very accommodating. But while they're accommodating, they're not at all uh, uh, 
giving like a big status to, 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 to I think that that was the problem with the faith, too much status given to, to, the, to the classes. Condoned with love, not condoned with hate, as we in the West, you know, we, we condone with hate. You know. Condoned with There's a story about about L.A. Prabhupada. Right? Uh, there's this uh, this person, male person, who started to go to the female bathroom. Right? So it became a drama, and the matter was brought to Prabhupada and Prabhupada, and you know the person had had an operation, right? an operation. Right? So you know, well, Prabhupada said, you know, this this is this is a problem. We can't have this changing. You know, like uh, you decide what you are. You stay that, right? And you chant Hare Krishna, right? And, uh, well, okay, you know, you, you stay at home and you come to the temple. So Prabhupada had a program for this person. Prabhupada wasn't like, you know, blown out, like, oh my God, you know, oh, what a weirdo, you know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone like that comes to the temple, you know. Uh, we all, we all, we all go like, <laughs> you know, we go, most of us, you know, like, yeah, you, you are like, you know, like, yeah, you've been in Berkeley, you know, these places, you know, so, seen it all, but uh, you do see awkward cases, you know, you see something that still looks very much like a man with breasts, you know, right, with a low-cut uh, thing, and you look right inside, and there they are. <laughs> At the same time, there's still some some very very male features, and you're kind of looking at it all like, well, um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, you know? Um, and like, yeah. And this person comes to you and says, "Can you tell me something about Krishna consciousness?" You know? Yeah. I guess in such a case, you know, we're taking it that this person is. Very deeply uh, tangled in emotional turmoil. Very tangled in emotional turmoil. Very much in emotional We'll give them a program, but we're preaching in different intensities to different people and different emotional nature. We're not going to like spend all our time right, with someone in the lower modes. We'll give him the program and see if he responds very well or, or it. She, he slash she uh, responds very well, and then we'll, uh, you know, if it, if it really picks up the program nicely, then we will get more personal. I think that's the problem. Transistize now we were laughing about you. Can you help it? Yeah. All right. Um, true. And there must be a program to for everyone, but still we see that discrimination is part of 
our traditions and culture, and separate groups, separate you know, segregation. When Prabhupada came to uh, South Africa and the, the apartheid regime, Prabhupada, this is the best government in the world. Total apartheid. You know, total. And he said, yeah, and the colleagues were like, all upset about apartheid. That's all right. They didn't think that was the main issue anyway, because the government had like uh, heavy rules on intoxication, gambling, and blocked all the Kali Yuga activities very heavily because of very Christian people. That was the main thing. The apartheid, well, that's okay. It's not a big deal. That's right. Segregation. That's normal. Um, in other words, uh, in other words, you know, these people, right, they belong maybe in a certain corner, some like-minded together, with some people who somehow or other can relate to them. You know, maybe uh, not necessarily because they are like that, but just because they're super liberal or super merciful or whatever. You know, uh, so with some mature devotee to work with them. But the main body of whether they should should go into the mainstream of our movement. I don't think so. If we're, if we're having like, you know, uh, a dozen transvestites here in the temple because we're so sweet to them. Right? I mean, yeah, well, okay. But I'm saying if we have them even coming around too much, yeah, then we block other people. Yeah? It's, it's anti-preaching. You cannot bring in people who are too much in the lower modes to center stage, because people in the higher modes, who are not transcendental yet, will stay away, and you fill up your place with people in the lower modes, with your answer mm -hmm. I think Vaishnavas should be very broad-minded people, very merciful people, and I think in our individual members we should we should develop some maturity. We saw that Prabhupada displayed it. And I think if that's your message to us, yeah, I well taken. But I could, if it translated practical application, objections, you know? Yeah. So I, I didn't say they were demoniac, I didn't rub it in, but the Bhagavatam says it. Okay. And I'm not gonna change it. So I can I can, you know, put a hand around your shoulders without someone's shoulders and it's okay, you know, like we understand where are we coming from. All of us are coming from the fallen democratic system. You know, we all have uh, we all have been deformed. By the whole thing, all of Kaliyuga. What can we do? Let's just join Lord Chaitanya's movement, fix up the most of all, and just forget about the rest, you know. And that Bhagavatam says that this was the activity of the demons. That was, you know, okay, it is, but the whole world is demoniac. And, you know, it's, it's demoniac means you're not a pure devotee, right? 
created exposure, molecular trophies, or demoniac tendencies. So we have some demoniac t contamination, like such a rheumatic book, Am I a Demon or a Vaishnav? So, so it's not such a big deal that you're a demon, you know, you're all demons, right? So you can all ask this question, Am I a Demon or a Vaishnav? To some extent, you're still demon. With this, you can help the but you're not going to have boys and girls hand in hand. You know? You're not going to have them walk around hand in hand. Right? Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Everybody is an individual. Everyone's included. Wow, big question. Anyway, see, Jai Vedamaj is, uh, is like just very clearly establishing the proper transcendental understanding. Right? Okay, this is where it's at. This, this is it. I am at the same time adding a little uh, sugar, you know, to kind of make it easier to swallow. But, but we cannot, but my message is the same. We cannot change the conclusions of the scriptures. We have to all surrender. Doesn't matter who you are, we have to surrender. Anybody. It's not just, oh, I'm gay, I'm demonized in the Bhagavatam. I have to surrender. I'm telling you, everybody has to surrender. So the gay person should get out of this kind of self pity. You know, for me, it's uh, my, I'm such a predicament. I'm demonized in anything. You know, it's more difficult for me. It's not. It's as difficult for everybody to give up what we are and to become what we have to be. Um, wow. Well, 10 to 12. It's the day. Uh, again, same like yesterday, uh, big things are flying over the table fast. I could take take an, a topic like empowerment, you know. I could speak for a week on empowerment and, and deal with many angles of it. So, uh, but it's so this course is is meant to trigger off a lot of thinking. You start thinking about what is this empowerment? How does it work? I've given some ideas. Let people come up to a challenge. Let people. It's like. Good leadership means there's always a challenge for, for people. You, you create a challenge for a person. It's like a step up. You know, people have to struggle to, to get there. And that's good leadership because then you grow. Individuals grow in movement. Uh, so we want to see these dynamics of growth. Um, I feel it's one of the core points in our lack of Something you missed because Zonacharya system 
that came up after Prophet. They were the ones with all the answers, and nobody else had any answers. And if you had too many answers, then go to another zone. Uh, so you were not supposed to have any answers. You know. They had the answers. It kind of created this whole mood. And we're still, the paradigm still exists in many places. People, and although we, we have so called head reform, right, we still have a very vertical society. We're still looking up to a few people. And they're supposed to be it, instead of everybody becoming it. Yeah? All of us are supposed to be it, and have it. You know, you're supposed to have it. Yeah? People always kind of look at me. Well, you're a sannyasi. You're supposed to have it. Yeah? If whatever it is in Krishna kind, you're supposed to have it. You know. Yeah? So, um, well, it means everybody here is supposed to have it. Yeah? And if you don't have it. It means you're not doing it. If you know what I mean. I don't want to open up something so that kind of ready this session. Um, I thought that uh, tomorrow, it being the last day, I would like to end in an afternoon, get together. Uh, at from 3.30 to 5, one and a half hour. And there I, I would like to dedicate it to realizations you know, coming out of this particular week. Right? Not so much from like, uh, it was a nice week, and like, you know, thank you so much, and you learned so much. You know? Not at all like that. You know? But uh, something that stuck, something that you remember, something that you... Realize. Several people already came to me and said they had some realization. If you don't really have something like that, well, there must be something that you thought had some is important, you know. Or you can speak about something in your essay that, like, uh, you're working on that is like uh, that means something. Yes, they also said, yeah. Unless one is a total atheist. One has little faith, uh, even if it's a, if one has a little faith, uh, even if it's covered throughout life, it will come out. But if one has no faith, my mother had no I wasn't a devotee, but I'd been in India and I'd learned a song in the Sri Ram Jayam temple. And the temple used to play 24 hours a day, so it was like the local top hit, you know, and it gets in your head, you know. I couldn't get it out, you know. 
even like when I was back home, I was singing, and since I was a bit of a musician, you know, like I kind of uh, figured it out, and then I did a whole thing on guitar, even at Sri Ram Jai Ram in the city, you know, so, right? Anyway, so, I sang it for a Not the song, not the much. But it was interesting. I could do that. Eventually, I found out that that's what I was supposed to do. I didn't know. I kind of thought this holy song was do something wrong. But uh, if there's a little faith, it, it does come out, naturally. Uh, I had myself a near-death experience because I was shot and bleeding to death and I couldn't speak and people didn't quite understand what had happened to me. And I had an electric shock. I had whispered to someone, shot, but someone misheard it because of the bad pronunciation. So shock. Because he had an electric shock. Meanwhile, I was shot and I was bleeding. And after death, so I was really thinking, well, I can't have it done. But then it was not so hard to just forget about it. Thirty people to scream Krishna in the air. Oh, Krishna, Krishna! In case you weren't thinking of Krishna, you naturally think of Krishna. You know, God, you, <laughs> you're dying. You know, who else are you going to think of? Right? And it's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, please think of some. A realization or some conclusion, some message you know, you're going to tell us then tomorrow. Um, we will have um, about 10 minutes each. And tomorrow morning we'll just go on with the dialogue part. Which obviously, again, will scrape the surface and, you know, and just discuss some principles, some ideas, take some feedback from you. Uh, I'm leaving the manual, manual with you for more food for thought. And the whole purpose of this seminar is to make, make you all think about where does my faith actually rest? What do I actually believe? Where is my genuine face? Where are my bangles? Where is my false faith? What do I have to break? Right? What am I hanging on to? Which upadi am, am I so, so hung up about? Uh, so all these things are mentioned in the, the manual explains the principles of false faith. So basically, I call it a manual and not a reader. Because it's something you can use, you know, to kind of uh, go to work with your own, uh, you know, with your, investigate your own faith and purify your own faith from, from, from contamination, from false faith, and make it stronger. The entire process of how to actually do it is And on a personal level, then there are some areas. Okay, well, on ISKCON we did our thing, and I think 
quickly, I think the three levels are very relevant to kind of remain optimistic about this because even funny things happen all the time. Even if we have a big child abuse court case that is disgusting, and I'm getting all these uh, CPO uh, judgments. There's another case they've judged, and then boom, I get it in the box and it gives the full descriptions of the whole case. God, uh, it's too much. What can we say? It's not going to destroy my faith. I just understand it's Kali Yuga, and people are following, are making a total revolution in their life. They're suddenly following correct principles. We're going to get some weird fall down, some weird problems. We're going to get people who are, are only externally following the process. We're going to get all kinds of things. It's normal that these problems are there. It's not, it shouldn't destroy our faith. We should just understand where this movement is. It's been planted in the middle of Kali Yuga. What do, you, what do you expect? It's transforming Kali Yuga. Don't expect it's already, the job's already done. This movement is the tool by which the Kali Yuga can change. But meanwhile, it's still Kali Yuga. Yeah. The tool is working. The movement is working. It's doing amazing things. Krishna sticks. Try to forget it. Very difficult. It's like the mercy of Lord Chaitanya is such. You know, once you have the image of Krishna in front of your eyes, it's like the like a bulb you look at and you close your eyes and you still see the contours. Doesn't go away. We try to forget Krishna now. Because you've been in the higher Krishna now. Too late. Can't escape anymore. Finished. Don't even try. You know? Sometimes the mind tells us maybe I should go out in the material world and try just a little bit one more time because it's so hard to do this. It doesn't work. You can't because you are rasa graha. You've had a taste of the ras, and out there nobody has the same taste. And you'll just be stuck, stuck, self into You couldn't do it. Do it. Spoiled for it. Okay. Thanks very much. I'll go in tomorrow with some dialogue. Hi. See you, Papa.